0: Attention Pokemon players, you are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. I am your host, Jake Abrams, aka Panux, and today we're joined with uh, Chuck Whimsy Watch again. Nick, unfortunately, had to miss um, with that move process, but I am happy to have Chuck in with
1: us taking his place. How are we doing today, Chuck? Uh, hello, I'm doing good. Um, just another crazy week. Uh, happy to be here filling in. Um got through a crazy work week, looking for an easy one next week to finish up, you know, just doing that thing, Pokemon, playing those players' cups, um yeah. trying to make that grind work. How's your week been going, Jake? Um, this week's been pretty decent.
0: Um work has been a little hectic, but there's a, a little bit of a lull. So I had a little bit more time to do some streaming, get some keys in. Um, but the big news is uh, yesterday, um as of recording today, we had our Saturday select. Um, that was, I think it was like five hours of streaming and uh, Mellow Magikarp came on and, and was uh, co-casting with me, um, just doing gameplay footage or uh, commentary. And it was just a, a ton of fun and just seeing or hearing his, you know, take on the game was interesting because it's not something, you know, he's, he's a completely different kind of a player than what we have locally. So I think I learned a lot from him and
1: that was super, super fun. As a player in that tournament, it was a great time yeah you were Uh, you
0: were so close to making cut you were what just uh, you were in the winning in and unfortunately just i made uh,
1: myself i got myself to the position of winning in and then didn't win so hey improvement um, hey it's improvement um and you did well so
0: um but yeah uh enough about us um today we are joined uh, by a very special guest is actually our first female guest on the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. And that is Megumi from the Oregon Pokemon group. Um, Welcome.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: (laughs) Hello, hello. Yeah, not a problem. Um, So for people that don't know, um, who are you? And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your Pokemon background.
2: So I'm Megumi, or Gumi Gumi. Um, A lot of people may know me um, in Oregon Pokemon community as a professor. um, And I help out with a couple of different leagues here, at least pre COVID. Mm -hmm. And um, we want to be able to share more of that love. Um, So I also do some Twitch streaming um, to share some more of that support.
0: Yeah, very cool. Yeah. And um, yeah, I found you on Twitch. um, And you're, you're streaming, you're um, very good at, um, you know, balancing the, you know, the gameplay and and um, interacting. So i uh, been following you ever since, you know, I randomly stumbled across um, your t- Twitch stream.
2: Oh, yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, it was a really high praise. Um, so I'm always trying to be more watchful and making sure that I am giving the community attention because as much as I am there to just kind of play football and share my love, I want to be able to connect with everybody and make sure that they feel welcomed just as they would be um, if they were to show up at any of my leagues
0: sure um so yeah we'll get into more of the streaming a little bit later but we have a standard set of four questions we ask every guest on their first time on our podcast um chuck did you want to get this one started
1: um yeah sure so uh, i believe the first one uh is we're gonna go with what is your favorite well i'm gonna assume it's goomy but if it's not goomy what is the favorite Pokemon?
2: Um, so it's not Gumi. Gumi actually just comes from a shortened version of my name, Megumi. Okay. So it made it easier for um, the younger kiddos at League to remember because it's a Pokemon name already and easy to pronounce. But my favorite Pokemon is actually number 121, so good throwback. Uh, Misty's, one of Misty's signature Pokemon being Starmie, Water Psychic type. I've always been a big Water type fan, and I found it because I came back and forth between the VGC and TCG competitive, mm. competitive scene. And... Back before we hit Auras competitive battles, where everybody had the same four to five Pokemon on their team, um, I had a Starmie on almost every single one of my teams because it is so versatile. Nice,
0: yeah, that that's uh, interesting. We haven't had anybody pick a Starmie. Uh, that that's a, um, nice. a very Starmy's cool. Starmie is definitely in my top five. I,
2: like I you already
1: checked. <laughs>
0: okay so going on from your favorite pokemon what is your actual favorite starter it doesn't have to be gen one it could be any of the generations
2: i'm not a gen one-er but this doesn't make it sound like i am (laughs) not but bulbasaur um growing up with things like Jurassic Park and Pokemon together, like and just a natural love for plants, like it just brings it all together. You have a oh. plant dinosaur. Um, I also really love squishy-faced dogs, like bulldogs, and it definitely has a, <laughs> a stature like that. So I was very fond of bulldogs Plus, it always is expressed to take care of other Pokemon and trainers in the anime and stuff. Um, so very easy love for number one in the Pokédex.
0: <laughs> no, that's a that's a great choice. Um... We, we do get a lot of love for Gen 1 um, in general, um, but usually Bulbasaur is the one that's kind of uh, not getting as much love, so that's yeah. awesome that <laughs> you, get, you get somebody for sure.
2: Yeah, and coming from a VGC background as well, um, once they released the Mega Venusaur, I got to share that love even more because with the ability Thick Fat, um, it made it that much more competitive, taking Thank away you. some of its weaknesses. Yep. Alright,
1: uh, next one. Uh, we're going to go with what is your favorite card in the Pokemon game? It doesn't have to be a Pokemon, but can be whatever whatever your favorite card is in the TCG.
2: I had to think about this one for a little bit probably, but um, I think it comes down to mostly because it's a treasured card in my collection and it's um, Kasumi no Namida. So Misty's Tears and it's a Japanese version of the American one. Um, I again being a big Water type fan, and I love Misty. Um, I had started a Misty collection, even if she was hidden in the background of an art. Mm-hmm. And for my birthday a few years back, big shout out to my friend Glenn, the Poke collector, um, gifted me a custom No Namida card for my birthday, and so it's a very prized card in my collection.
0: What? i honestly don't even know what that one looks like but <laughs> it does it, it Is the is the awesome. japanese art
1: i'm gonna guess is a little different than the. yes yeah,
2: so the american art um is a close-up of her face and it's got a side i believe wiping a tear from her eye mm-hmm. uh in the japanese one she's silhouetted because she is portrayed nude <laughs> um yeah. but she's embracing a star you so it's okay. a very big kind of heroic poetic hey,
1: I image i remember that card no
2: yeah yeah,
0: I remember so that. That being... was like the
2: last misty card to add to my collection.
1: That's very oh, happy nice. to get that's it. That's great. And I <laughs> think you're the great. first one. I don't. I don't remember that said they have a, like a supporter collection because we've had a lot of people come on and say, mm-hmm. um, like I know a couple guys in our group. Uh, one guy collects all the Dragonites. One guy's got all the Hoos. uh yeah. I believe you're the Dragapult. first one said I'm. Yeah, see, jake's Dragapults, I'm. I'm collecting Whimsy <laughs> aka Whimsy. But yeah, it's uh, perfect
2: for you. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. um, so you're the first one with all getting all the Misties. so. And
2: it's not just the Misty support cards, it's also like Misty Stentacruel, where yeah. she just literally happens to be in the background, like there's a Lapras card where she's maybe a fourth <laughs> of a centimeter tall on it, and I have that.
0: <laughs> but you know she's there, so that's all yes, that counts. Yes, exactly. <laughs> awesome. So going into your favorite Pokemon card of all time, um, what is the worst Pokemon card uh, in your opinion?
2: So the first card that comes to mind, just because every time I saw it, it would just get a guttural ugh, which was Forest of Giant Plants, so a stadium card, I would probably try to think of like Chip Chip Ice axe or a hammer or something like that, um, but if we're talking more modern, it, between giant, Forest of Giant Plants and um, modern, I would probably, and I might get um, a little bit of hate for this, but also have some support, I think, balance-wise, uh, is Zation V. And I'm very grateful. It doesn't have a V-Max, um, but it has a, <laughs> yet. Um, it does have a lot of support. And it just seems to continuously get more support. And I just want to see um, that love and support expand to some other Pokemon, especially now that, for example, Kadabra is now available to be reprinted. So to yeah. be able to spotlight and feature that line a little bit more, for example, I think would be a really excellent choice for Pokemon.
0: Yeah, I don't think you're going to get too much hate for that. Um, you're not the first person to give uh, Zacian that that uh, worst card um, title. Um, you share with Andrew Mahone as, <laughs> as uh, a Zacian hater for the game's balance. Uh, and I tend to agree. Although yeah, I, I think... still think Mo Wilds really feels bad, but uh, Zacian, for sure, I can't blame you.
2: I think the, like, the really, like, pushization over is the fact that not only does it draw three cards with the ability but if it just happens to pull that energy it's just an auto equip so just that added bonus just makes it gives it that much more of an edge
0: yeah sometimes you just win or lose games off that first intrepid sword (laughs) and if you don't have a good response and and to knock that out you just lose kind of so yeah Um,
1: i've definitely i mean i've definitely used it to try and just like you have that win effect with him Mm. though like Mm -hmm. you don't necessarily if you don't get the energy you may not lose but if you do you've just won because there's no one else coming up with 230 damage next turn (laughs) on their first attack as
2: long as it doesn't have the sword (laughs) yeah and even then so like it is a very solid card so i am also you know high praising this card is that Mm. uh it can be a good supporter Pokemon because I've seen it definitely run in like control decks where you can just add more cards to your hand. And if absolutely needed, they probably run the minimum amount of energies to run the session if they absolutely need it.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's it, it's it's really um, a very powerful card and it goes into a lot of different archetypes. So, I mean, it, it just shows for the um, the power of that card and why um, some people really love it, some people really hate it.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, okay.
0: well... Those were all awesome answers, Um, but let's get into our Whimsy Watch, Um, even though you're here. So we'll jump into that now.
1: Hello, it's time for another Whimsy Watch. We got some things to cover today, so let's get right to it. Now, this past week was the middle period of the Players' Cup 4 qualifying stage. So I hope you all are getting your keys in and doing well. But because of that, I believe we had a lighter tournament week. We had a lot of smaller events, 30 to 40 players, than the big over 100 players. Having said that, let's still take a look at our most popular decks. The top 5 continues from before with two notable changes. ADP, Eternatus, and Luke Metal take the top 3 respectively, while Rapid Strike Urshifu drops out of the top 5 completely. And a Apikoron Resurgent brings it to 4th place. And then Tempozard slides in at 5th. The meta is still open with plenty of viable decks out there. Mostly all of these decks saw some tournament wins over the past week. But there was one newer archetype out there that I'd like to share with you all. Simone Trottier-Lacasse, I hope I said that right, if not, I apologize, took down the 299-player Chill Series number 20 with a Mewtwo Urshifu build. It's Rapid Strike Urshifu with a smaller Mew 3 box to cover Rapid Strike Urshifu's harder matchups. It takes advantage of Rapid Strike Urshifu's quick hitting with some good toolbox Pokemon in Trevenant and Dustnor and Gengar and Mimikyu GX. This looks to be a pretty good smashbox of the two archetypes out there. Now, we have to talk about the second Triple P Saturday to select that went down this past weekend. This was another great event featuring some great talent and innovative decks. Ultimately, though, it was won by UK Papyrus with his ADP Zashian that finished 7-1-1 and on the day. Good job, sir. Good job. Well, that's going to wrap up this week's meta, but before I go, I want to remind you all of my fun tournament running over in our Triple P Discord and on Challenge.com where we are trying to name the best card that will be rotating this year. You can find links for both over on my Twitter at WatchWhimsy, and I'll see you guys all next time.
0: All right, thank you, Chuck, from the future or past or whenever this was where you recorded it. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah, I hope you did a good job. I <laughs> usually do, so. <laughs> um, but, yeah, let's get into the news. There were a few cards that were revealed in the Eevee Heroes um, that are going to be coming out you know, shortly that might change um, the way the meta is seen or at least gives uh, different decks different options. Um, so I want to first start off on this Melodic um, that is a Rapid Strike Pokémon. Mm-hmm. He is a Stage 1, um, and he has ability here. <clears throat> Whenever you play in a Supporter card from your hand, to prevent all effects of that card done to your uh, done to your hand. So this is a defensive card where, Hey, you don't want Marnie to, to affect you reset stamp, um, or anything else that could affect you. Um, there's kind of finally a a semi soft counter to that.
2: Yeah. Um, And I think it would be really interesting just for rulings too, to exactly see how it'll affect for different type of Pokemon attacks as well, for sure. Not just your supporter cards or trainer cards coming from your opponent. Um, and if need be, it only takes the two energies to make a hit if you absolutely need it, but mm-hmm. definitely be able to work around Marnie especially, um, I think really gives this myotic that elegance of an edge it has, despite not being such a big you know, power box hitter.
0: No, it's not power box, but it is um, a rapid strike. So it can use that um, rapid strike energy uh, to fulfill the cost. Um, which it is, um, uh, a, a water colorless and double smash does 70 times, flip two coins does 70 damage for each coin. So, again, like you said, it wasn't, it's probably not the best attacker, but in a pinch, if there's nothing else that you can do, um, it, it could definitely be serviceable at least.
2: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what. Type of decks that trainers will come up with and see how much pairing and play it will have with the Octopus, uh, Octopus, <laughs> Octillery.
1: Octillery, uh, <auxiliary>, yeah.
2: <laughs> yes. um, I'm so I'm, happy that Octillery is back too.
1: I'm also excited to see what other kind of cards they will uh, use to play with your opponent's hand because mm-hmm. uh, Marnie's the big one, but this will I mean that you will automatically get protection. I don't remember any others offhand that you usually see right now. That this is going to stop but i mean obviously marnie is a big one to stop yeah. so if you need to protect your hand this is an option for a deck but i could also find if they make defense for it i figure they may be making more cards to potentially play with your hand and your it opponent. could also be a card that you play in expanded right now because i know there's
0: um n and other cards that do uh, disrupt yep. your hand too um so it might find a place in an expanded deck um even maybe before standard um, but at least it gives you options, uh, playarounds, because I think a lot of people just don't like Marnie because you don't really have a playaround for it. So at least it gives, you know, deck builder options.
2: Yeah, and post-rotation, which is going to be coming up I believe September 20th of this year, mm-hmm. um, we're going to be losing some big cards that really like to mess with players' hands. So it's going to be almost in the hands of Marnie herself to make yeah. that happen.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right, so let's go ahead and go on. I know you wanted to talk about this one first, uh, Chuck. Well, um, I know we got to talk about cotton balls when it when it comes. We yes, yeah, that's Eldegoss. the article I'm talking about. So if you want to talk, you want to take the lead on this article, I
1: get, go for, go gotta, for it. Yeah, we had to talk about the other uh, cotton Pokemon in Eldegoss um, <laughs> coming out. Uh, it has a new Eldegoss um, uh, with an ability that is going to help you out. Uh, it's called Cotton Transport. Once during your turn, you may search your deck for up to two basic energy cards, reveal them and put them in your hand, then shuffle your deck. So this is going to really help you find those specific like accelerate any energies you may need. Well, not accelerate because it's not putting it anywhere besides your hand, but it's going to help you get energy, uh, which then you can accelerate from your hand. Or if you're running any kind of amazing rare where you need to get specific energies, you can go grab two different ones because it doesn't say there's no specifics besides the fact
0: that they're basic. Yeah, this reminds me a lot of Professor's letter just in a Pokemon form. Um, definitely helps get those energies out to um, potentially in, in, uh, you know, accelerate, accelerate your. Yeah, that's yeah. the word. Accelerate your hand uh, via welder or or melody or like you said, amazing rare box or something to that effect. Definitely can see some uses. What do you think, uh, Migumi?
2: Yeah, not having the restrictions as to what types they are because we have definitely seen some acceleration cards, um, Ability trainer, etc., um, where it says you know search for you know a card that you mentioned previously, three different basic energy cards. Whereas this one, if you need exactly the you know, two of the same, then there you go, or different ones, as Chuck mentioned, for having those amazing rares that utilize all those different types of energies. And it's only a one prize attacker. So if you're gonna lose it, it's not too big of a hit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it definitely adds a lot of flow and keeps things interesting for those trainers who do prefer the single prizers.
0: For sure, and, and being a single prizer, um, Scoop Up Net is, is a play that you can do to continuously um, chain these together um, depending on the deck and if it needs multiple energies you can potentially have two of um, um gar- how do you say how do you say it's a uh, stage or the basic uh, garcifleur yeah so you could uh, have two of those down evolve scoop up net and then you know um evolve again to get even more energies
2: if deevolution spray was still current we Could be causing a lot of trouble, not just with the um, Eldegoss, but also things like the Straight Sword Shield base set, Inteleon, and things like that.
1: Mm-hmm. No well, agree. just to, if, if Grass gets something really good that doesn't require Rule Box, you're going to see this with Cherum, because you just go get two to Grass, immediately attach them to a non- non-Rule Box boat. Mar- <laughs> Maractus, that's the, that's the deck right there. A lot of times uh, it's just you don't even to either, don't even know worry about getting the grass energy anymore. You just go <laughs> get it and then attach it.
2: Yeah, like it's no big deal.
1: Sure. Um, did you want to take the other one, Chuck? Uh we wanted to go to Gordy next, correct? Um, more energy. Sure, we can go to Gordy. That's the next one I had on my list. That's fine. Um was uh Gordy, the supporter that also looks for energy. So you look at the top seven cards of your deck, choose as many energy you find there as you like. Reveal them and put them into your hand. Then shuffle the remaining cards into your deck. Uh, You may only play once, but as usual. Yeah. Order roll. Seems good uh, for decks that really need to get energy quickly, uh, but in that would be a kind of tough supporter for me to have to play at the moment in any kind of deck I have at the moment.
0: Yeah. So... I'm initially not really impressed with this. Of course, we are no, uh, newer players, Chuck and I. Um, just you know, about a year, year plus into the game. Um, I think if I wanted to get energy acceleration, I would try to do what we were just talked about with Eldegoss and scoop up nets um, before I would use Gordy. Um, that, that just playing that supporter just seems like you want to get those Marnies, Eld- or the the Marnies, the professors, the the bosses. Um, I don't know. What what do you, what do you think? Uh, Give me.
2: Necessarily see too much right now for Gordy. Like, definitely has tons of potential, um, being able to pull as up, you know, as many up to seven with him. Um, but with it being a supporter card, you could lose any effect. Not that anybody truly utilizing cards like bead right now, where you can have that extra energy attachment um, in your turn, and for things like water type decks you know, there's FrozMoth that can easily accelerate so long as you've got, you know, your Bucket or Nessa even to pull some from the discard. Um, You really want to have Pokemon that have the ability to really support and share the love of the energy acceleration. Um, And I'm sure that in the future future, we'll be seeing a lot more coming out in the future sets.
0: For sure. Uh, Maybe maybe it does find, actually, as you're saying that, maybe it does find a spot in a Cherim deck as well. Um, if it's a non rule box, something uh, you can you can definitely get that energy spread out if you find a bunch there. That is enough about the new cards that were revealed in the EV set. Um, there is actually a pretty exciting set where, what is it, the um, the VMAX high class decks? We got I'm the Intellion so Gengar. Yeah, I am too. Um, the Intellion Gengar sets. <clears throat> I don't need to necessarily go over all of the cards, but I want to just get. Um, um, your take on you know both of them. Which one do you like better? Um, any cards stand out, um, either a reprint uh, of an alt art or anything that might be new? Um, what are your, your what are your thoughts?
2: Something I always forget about Pookie Beach is that they don't just show you the display images, but if you scroll past, you can also see the translations for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also half Japanese, and I have a habit of trying to read and practice more. Um, <laughs> And so I spend a lot of time just catching up on my Japanese Pokemon lingo and stuff. Yeah. And visually just looking through the cards, I love the updated Crobat look. I think it's very beautiful and the movement in it is fantastic. And I have a big art artist background. So it definitely speaks to me. Um, all the hype, though, for Gengar VMAX. Um, Getting to see um, that very fun Gigantamax version that you'll see in Pokemon Sword and Shield, out causing beautiful chaos. I would love to see this also as a possible shiny card, too, um, just to add a little bit of extra glimmer to it with such a dark card. Not that there is a huge difference, typically, when it comes to a shiny Gengar, um, whereas the Mega is probably one of the best shiny Pokemon that there are, in my opinion. Um, But being able to just stack on damage based on your opponent's GX and V Pokemon that they have on their side of the field, just adding on more damage. However, if we're going to be still seeing the Decidueye or Altaria even, Mm -hmm. that is going to be a curveball for them. Um,
0: Yeah, so, I mean, it will be um, good against those... um, those Vmax and GX, like you said, um, against the Altaria's and and, and the, the walling decks, it might it might struggle um, from time to time. Uh, but I still think it, it has a really good place in the meta, especially as we were saying, um, a lot of V Pokemon going to be in um, most decks. Uh, they're still going to be the one prizers, but uh, definitely something to look forward to in, in Gengar Vmax.
2: Yeah, it'll be also interesting to see with Gengar Max being a dark type, and dark types are getting some good love. I mean, one of the strongest decks out there right now is Eternatus VMAX, in my opinion. Um, time and time again, we see it you know, topping rank placements for all these tournaments. And to kind of see a Dark-type possibly be able to go up head-to-head against another Dark-type that relies on having so many Pokemon on the bench and wanting to make sure that you have a backup Eternatus in case something happens uh, to see how it becomes its own destruction against something like Gengar.
0: For sure. Chuck,
1: do you have any cards that you're looking forward to in there? I mean, I'm looking forward to both
2: of them. Uh,
1: I mean, Gengar is... Just in general, a really cool Pokemon, and it's nice to see that he's gonna have a nice playable card out there. So to to see, and then Inteleon is also another. I mean, I'm I'm excited for both of, both, and I'm really excited because they both are Rapid and Single Strike, so they're still boosting that mechanic forward with yeah high class Steam decks <laughs> for sure.
0: Um, yeah, de- definitely having them both be um, Rapid Strike and and Single Strike um are very very important i think uh we need to see more of them uh in this mechanic because currently it's really only the urshifus that we're seeing that are really taking the forefront so this might uh with some of the ev heroes and some of these cards uh definitely will shake up the meta
2: yeah i'm really looking forward to more rapid strike and single strike cards because i because i've been playing since pokemon first came out i'm older than pokemon and um (laughs) Missing the you know light jolting on, dark dragon air, and things like that, or team rockets, this or that, it's nice to see them really emphasize more more than just a single set on these types of cards. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, so another card that I would love to talk about, um, the artwork definitely caught my eye for the very fun colors. Um, the Boquenka no uh, so the Adventurer's Discovery supporter card. Um, search your deck for up to three Pokemon V, reveal them, put them into your hand, and shuffle your deck. Um, with specifying Pokemon V, it can be V, it can be V Max. It can help you just thin out your deck if you're just having to fly through cards and maybe hope that you can discard some of them with a quick ball to get what you really need from your deck. Mm. Um, and I've honestly been missing Bridget as a card, um, giving you the option of what was it one one EX card or three basic pokemon and so missing that and then just having this even better card whereas bridget would place them onto your bench directly Um, this has a lot more flexibility with just adding them into your hand at once and you really just hope that you utilize them how you want without them being Marnie to the bottom of your deck.
0: <laughs> for sure, yeah. I, I think depending on the, the deck that you're playing, so say you're playing like a Shadow Rider Calyrax, um, you can even find just like the basic V or the VMAX, like you said, depending on the, the board state, um, or even get a combination of the two, play them on the board and then get like a Crobat. So you're not only just finding the Pokemon you need, you can play a Crobat for a full size and really start uh, going through your deck and kind of still going um finding the cards you need so a very good call on that one i am looking forward to seeing that in play um how about yourself chuck
1: yeah i can definitely see where that's going to be useful especially yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna end there because that's that is useful. <laughs>
0: it is very useful.
1: <laughs> she summed it up all before, so I mean I don't have much to add to that.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, uh, Chuck and I, like I said before, don't know a lot of the interactions of the older cards, um, mm-hmm. but it's it's nice hearing other players, um, you know, bring up cards that were similar to cards that we're having. So um, that's very awesome. Can't look, um, looking forward to all of these cards coming out for sure.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: Cool. So um, that will do it for the news. Um, now we're going to get uh, into some more questions about Megumi, and um, her. she's a Pokemon professor, so I definitely want to talk about that, and we'll talk about uh, some t- Twitch streaming as well, and she's also a artist slash Pokemon uh, fanatic, so she so kind of mixes all of that together, so lots of interesting things to still talk about, um, but let's get into the Pokemon professor. Um, what initially interests you into becoming a professor?
2: So honestly, I haven't been an official professor for very long, only two years, Um, but I've always been as helpful as I can be just extending it when I see, you know, going to my regular sites Uh, before becoming an official professor like hey you know you've known me for 10 years or whatever do you guys need any help you know that I won't be you know favoriting anybody else or anything but seriously it looks like you could even use help with placing markers for different tables so everybody knows to which tables they're going to and I've always admired teachers and being able to not only guide people through but bring people together so being able to amplify my love of Pokemon and kind of take on a leadership role, if you're to say, um, mm-hmm. just to not only help trainers with a brand new game, um, but even trainers' parents and then making them trainers as well. And being able to see that come to life and more people fall in love with my longtime passion because we're celebrating 25 years of Pokemon this year. Um, I think. I spent a long time waiting to officially become a professor, but I didn't want to bite the bullet and take the exam until I knew that I could give it my all. Um, And so when I first contemplated it, I was probably like a high school student. and I have an amazing group of professors that have constantly um, really encouraged me to keep playing Pokemon, even when times were tougher. As like a you know the broke college student eating nothing but top ramen. Yeah. Um, so you know what you're buying is basically ramen to stay alive versus new cards to keep up with the meta. Um, but having just that continuous support and family that you gain um, in such a great community um, has really amplified my love and continuing my mission of being a professor sharing um spirit of the game and so forth um and that's pretty much how i ended up from pokemon professor to being a twitch streamer to be honest
0: very cool um so actually this is kind of a side tangent on the whole professor talk but um it sounds from that story um that you never really went through a i'm too cool for pokemon phase like a lot of people did um no. so is that true
2: <laughs> yeah um so in Japanese culture, being an otaku or a nerd, is kind of, it's not cool at all kind of thing. I mean, I think nowadays it's starting to become more accepted, Mm -hmm. not so much like a hermited hobby kind of a thing. Um, But growing up, I was always very proud of my love for Pokemon, and um, I'll translate it, I'll say everything in English for you guys, but... um, (laughs) Yeah, over the years, my grandmother's always like, still Pokemon, you still like Pokemon? I was like, yeah, I love Pokemon. I'm a proud nerd or otaku, as I always say. And she's like, you're one of a kind, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> but I think really just just being true to yourself and then not only being true to yourself, but like my daily message is just try to be a better person than you were yesterday. So if I can keep sharing my love and really just, even if I'm having a rough day, Pokemon has always been there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when I'm just at my you know, most negative of state, Pokemon can always bring back such a nostalgic factor. Um, so I think that's why, because it's done so much for me, not only in making friends or emotionally being something that I can always go back to. Yeah, um, Yeah, it's really given me a lot of life. And so I'm not afraid to say I love being a nerd and I absolutely love Pokemon.
0: Very cool. That's awesome oh. to hear. Because,
1: yeah, a lot of people. Oh, sorry, Chuck. Yeah, you know. I just wanted to ask one question uh, because and Pokemon is much we focus on the trading card game, but uh-huh. Pokemon's been much wider reach than just trading cards. Was it the trading cards that got you first? Was it the anime or what how how did you like evolve to what what it is now kind of
2: good good choice of words there with evolve. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly, um I started Japan two years before coming to America. And I remember when it came to America, seeing somebody who had just a really small binder of first set cards. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited. Oh, they're in America now. And <laughs> kind of at that point of, oh, they're in America now, they really got me full fledged. So I got into the cards and the anime and the movies kind of all at once, to be honest. Um, I've played some of the side games, maybe not too much necessarily like the phone app games mm-hmm. here and there, aside from Pokemon Go. Um, but I've definitely dabbled in a little bit of everything that Pokemon has provided, including good you know, throwbacks of the OG Kanto first generation Monopoly game.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that Monopoly game any different from the actual game of Monopoly other than... Just, no, not know, just, really. Uh, but there is skin? also
2: a very fun board game I still play from time to time because one of my Pokemon professors has It's a, a travel adventure game where you try and catch Pokemon based on dice rolls. Oh
0: i don't think i've ever heard of that one i'll <laughs> we'll have yeah. to look it up definitely after this one for sure yeah okay so uh uh sorry for getting on that tangent about uh professor um, um oh no worries how, what got you into that but um okay so i do want to ask what was the process of becoming a professor um, like uh, once you did make that decision um to go ahead and take the tests?
2: So the process is actually pretty easy. I think it's a lot easier than most people imagine. But that's not saying that you can, anybody can become a professor. Um, they definitely want um, people who are part of the Pokemon community and helping guide everyone else to understand the rules and basics of how it runs. So there is some studying involved. Um, but really once I said, okay, I know that um, we're gonna have some holiday vacation time. I don't have to worry about anything. I can just spend a day studying materials, make sure I don't have any weirdly worded questions or anything. Take the test and it's a simple 10 question test for your very first professor test. Um, And there are different types if you want to be um, a video game judge or a TCG judge um, or even an event coordinator. So you have your own special fields and you can be part of all of all the fields or just some of them, but just keeping your credentials up to date, usually, you know, outside of COVID, the rules are a little bit different. But, um, you know, outside of COVID, it's really just take your test once a year and you maintain your status as you attend events, you get points added to your account or credit, I should say, um, to really show your stats for a Pokemon company that will help you get to other bigger events um, like Worlds which is definitely a big dream of mine one day to do a big travel for that
0: that would be awesome um so yeah actually in saying that um what would it take for a, a judge i know players have to cp to collect uh, throughout the season um is it something you earn just season by season or is it something um that you kind of earn throughout the years do you do you know how that process goes
2: yeah, and actually, it's a little bit of you know column A and column B there. Um, there are the seasonal bits where you want to make sure that you're attending X amount of tournaments or hosting them even, um, so you can get those added to your account, similar to a player trying to earn points. Um, but also having that history and showing company that either you've been around or you've done so many events and types of events um, that shows that you've had the experience that you've probably encountered some puzzling scenarios as a judge to really make the, your gears go and um for some of the bigger events even uh they'll kind of do a little um process of like we have all these new tra- uh, new professors here um you know who can we give a chance and some people will even do a shout out and that's kind of how i i finally bit the bullet was that somebody um big shout out to uh, mr right in the community and mama june um, i've been following them around for 11, 12 years. And I was invited to regionals as a volunteer, um, just a volunteer really to help with side events, um, teach kids and their parents how to play, you know, maybe pick up the site a little bit here and there. And I just had so much fun volunteering, not also not expecting anything in return, but being able to really just live the event and Pokemon itself, start to finish. Um, And at the end of it, see that professors even grade each other, not necessarily grade each other, like you get an A, you get an F or whatever. It's like, yeah, you did a good job. And I also noticed that you learned something new or you taught me something new. And I think that being able to teach another professor something is even bigger than just coming in fresh. Um, Because there are some no matter what subject you get stuck in your ways and yeah. so it's really like oh, keep your mind open and learn something new from somebody who's brand new or has been around the block for 20 years um i think is a really good opportunity with going to all these big events
0: no that's that's well said and that's that's awesome um but so are you so when the world goes back to normal uh, mm-hmm. after covid is done are you more um focused on the on the being a professor or are you more of a player or kind of trying to balance both? Um, how, how are you trying to balance that?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I want to say I'm a professor first. And that's not to say that I don't play at all. I definitely love playing and being part of a, an official league. It gives me an opportunity to play here and there when trainers, you know, reach X amount of battles and they're like, OK, time for a gym leader battle. And then I get to pull up my gym leader deck <laughs> and have fun with them. And I never go easy on them. They might get you know match here and there, um, as RNG goes of just dead draws left and right. But there's still going to be that ex- element of excitement for everyone of like, oh, it's a gym leader battle, and I wonder which deck they're going to play. And there is that competitive side and not going easy on them, despite getting you know eight battles under the belt and possibly getting a really cool prize out of it. Yeah, I've got to make sure that they do earn it.
0: For sure, that's awesome. Um, so- so actually, that's kind of a good transition into Twitch streaming because um, uh, I, again, um, watched you play on stream with those league battles, um, playing playing members of your community in, in your chat and um, just in the Discord or whatnot. I'll kind of go into that and how that process started.
2: So I was really getting into, I was probably putting in at least 20 hours a week on top of having a full-time job before COVID started with... Um, Pokemon. I mean, I put in 20 hours in one weekend just for regionals in 2019, 2018. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it's definitely very interesting and different. Um, And having lost all of that, with COVID of suddenly, we can't see each other in person anymore. We can't have, you know, our fun professor meetings or talk about, talk about cards that we want to see in the next sets and so forth. Um, we really needed to kind of evolve and let that change and bring up Mr. Raichu and Mama June again, um, my amazing um, professors in my group. They, you know, reached out to everybody and said, how can we bring this, keep this alive if we don't provide that sentence or sentence, the." Um, that I mean, rhythm, I
0: mean, the rhythm. Okay. for
2: people of a schedule. Um, we might come back out of COVID and not have any of our leagues, or people who either just grew out of it or just didn't have access to anything. So suddenly we're going from maybe 50 players at an event to maybe five. And so, you know, the question, you know, for somebody who's been around Mr. Raichu and Mama June for 20 years in the Pokemon community, looking to the younger traders and professors, how can we do this? And so we had talked about, well, why don't we start running online tournaments and go through Discord and stuff. So we went through Discord and eventually it led to constant talking of, we should run tournaments and do more. And one professor would start doing live broadcasting just through Facebook of really awesome pack breaks and openings um, just to help entertain some kids who, you know, whose parents were without their kids for, you know, eight, 10 hours a day to sell like 24 or seven, there's their kids. Yeah. And everybody deserves a break from the time to time. Yeah. Um, but even their parents would join in and watch us open these packs. I decided to give my professor a break one week and say, Do all buy, you know, save some of your money, I'll go buy some packs. And everybody responded at the ending of the video with, so we'll see you next week. And I did not necessarily sign up for that, but I definitely owned up to it and ended up after a couple of months transitioning over to Twitch and really saying, Okay, let's let's run some tournaments. We already had regular league which we had, you know, we have three times a week if anybody's interested over on our Oregon Pokemon discord, but be able to provide a place where everybody can come over trade battle and make some really fun decks because we do host once a month tournaments with fan voted formats. really helps keep the spirit alive and having these fun format tournaments also keeps them more involved with keeping up with the trades and coming up with such obscure decks so they're coming in whenever they can even during the off hours which is really exciting and to see our community um, start small but have been continuously growing to such an international level has been an amazing ride.
0: Yeah, for sure. So whenever I started playing, it was right before pandemic and then, you know, pandemic hit and I had a lot of those same worries where, okay, well, I'm getting into this game. Maybe people are going to just kind of die off, but from, from you know, commun- different little pockets of communities all around the country or world really um, coming together, um, forming, you know, um, you know, their individual online communities and, and kind of be- becoming one big one um, with like Limitless is helping that. Discord is definitely helping with that. Um, and definitely Twitch has seen a big uptick. So if anything, the game of Pokemon has grown since the, the COVID uh, you know, year, um, thanks to, in large part to, you know, uh, people like yourself.
2: It's definitely been a really great experience and to be able to just continuously share um, my love for it, not just at my, my stores, but with anybody who really has a screen, doesn't have to be a computer, it can be your phone. And uh, just having those interactions and being able to be so personal, even if I've never seen their faces before, or heard their mm-hmm. voice, um, just knowing that we're all here for Pokemon has just been a really great experience. And being able to get such solid feedback from all the players regularly Instead of we see them maybe once a week at this store, maybe never at that store. Um, just like thanks for thanks for today. Now we're getting like, oh, we should do a tournament like this, or mm-hmm. what if we had a trade event like that? Um, so really moving to a digital version of League has really opened up the floor to I think listen to more voices of the trainers. Um, so it's it definitely has been a really good experience, despite how rough of a time COVID has been.
0: Definitely. Now, oh sorry, Chuck, you had something. No, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, um, you were, you were mentioning league nights and and tournaments, um, that are Mm -hmm. different formats. Um, so how did that kind of come about? Just, um, deciding to kind of veer off from the standard, um, like expanded or standard formats and kind of doing, um, you know, um, banning certain cards or, or, um, you're, you're only allowed to play certain cards or how did that kind of come about?
2: Um, honestly, once we started doing our once a month tournaments and we always provided pricing for trainers, um, for first place and stuff. And just like any other tournament that we do, if you entered it, you're gonna go home with a booster pack, it's all digital. Mm-hmm. And to be able to you know, bring that over to, li- uh, to digital life and then seeing that everybody's kind of getting tired of just doing the same standard, it's hard to get cards. Um, why not kind of revamp it, take a step back? We can have a Pokemon tournament, but how do we keep this alive? And how can we not only keep tournaments alive, but keep trainers coming back to League? So having this idea of after seeing numbers of two or three tournaments, um, first month we had pretty good turnout of trainers, second month about the same, and the third month was just really low because we were running just standard tournaments to start. Mm. And so that's when we took a step back and said, what, we, what if we do a fun twist? And every year there's a Professor Cup um, that Pokemon Company does for all the professors who've got at least a certain amount of points. Um, and we got inspired by winter, winter 2020 format which was uh, uh, basically building your own theme deck. You're randomly assigned one primary type, either between fire, water, steel, ground, or psychic. No mm-hmm. normal, no fairy. Um, and that, sorry, must up, <laughs> that must make up that uh, must make up fifty to sixty percent of your Pokemon population. And the remaining forty to fifty percent of your Pokemon must be a second type but of your choice so having that restriction and a very fun idea of well this means that we can use some cards because it also banned uh, multi-price attackers Um, really gives the spotlight over to pokemon who don't normally get to see the time of day um, and really get those trainer years going and how can i make this work or i've got tons of copies of this card on my ptcgo account yeah now i can figure out a use for it finally instead of just having it offer as trade fodder um and That first kind of build your own theme deck went so well that we just had to keep going with um, this type of fun format, so every month as during the tournament actually. I'll post a new poll for all of our trainers that is open for one full week so anybody who's not able to show up to that tournament. They still have the rest of all the league days for the following week to show up submit their vote and anybody that shows up on twitch too can submit their votes for it um, to help figure out what our next month's format will be and we always give four options and usually try to cycle them out pretty often um, just to keep things fresh for them.
0: Very awesome um, and so the last really thing I want to talk about as far as um, playing Pokemon on Twitch and keeping the Community alive, as you were doing um, like I said uh, there's a lot of. um Twitch streamers that are are really, really good at, you know, at the game, but don't really interact so much um, with, with chat. And then there's others that are, you know, maybe not as you know, top end players, but are really great at talking, talking with chat. And I find that you're, you kind of find that perfect little balance where I feel that your game um, is, is at a pretty high level there and, and you're still maintaining um, good conversations with chat. Um, do you want to go into that a little bit?
2: Um, I've always been a multitasker and that's something that I've always been really fond of myself as far as my own sk- personal skills go. Um, but also just keeping in mind that like, yes, I've been around Pokemon for a long time, but that does not mean I know everything about Pokemon, especially since the meta is constantly evolving. Mm-hmm. Um, but knowing that I'm not on Twitch just to, just to show that I can play Pokemon or I like playing Pokemon or that I'm a professor. It's that I want to share that love. And if I'm not interacting with them, Am I actually sharing that love? Um, mm-hmm. So being able to multitask and communicate with them, because there will be times, many times, um, especially on my league night streams where players will come by or potential players will come by and say, I've always thought about it. And especially now that it's COVID time and everything's pretty much remote and digital, um, I think it's it might be a good time to start. And I say, okay, you know what? Let's uh, pause battles right now. Let's build you a deck and get you part of the community. And It's amazing how much positivity there is um, amongst not just my group of Goobers is what I refer to as my following as Goomy Goobers, um, but just people in the Pokemon community. It's not a a fairly toxic community at all, Um, not to say that it doesn't exist, but um, pretty healthy community as far as Pokemon goes. And to see so many random trainers show up and say, oh, I have that card. Let me trade it to you so you can send it over to this new player is so amazing um, and just their generosity just continuously blows me away so of course I want to keep coming back sure. so I can keep the community growing
0: uh, that's awesome and then I guess one more thing um, you you were mentioning you know, spread the love of Pokemon in the game especially for newer players um, another thing I think that you do um, you know a, a little bit more above and beyond most streamers is you know you you give back to the community with lots of uh, code cards, uh, <laughs> either playing you know battles with you or uh-huh. or multiple giveaways per stream. Um, <laughs> so talk about that a little bit, I guess.
2: <laughs> um- I'd like to say I've always been um, kind of a giving person. I've always had kind of like that motherly teacher-esque personality and stuff, um, kind of being one of the older siblings and always taking care of my other siblings and cousins and so forth. Um, And then meeting such amazing professors amongst, you know, the power people community, like Mr. Raichu and Mama June, um, who also just have that love of if we have it, why don't we give it away? Why, why would we sit on it? Um, And just to really, emphasize, hey, I appreciate that you're here and that you're supporting the community. I just want to keep giving back what you give to me, even if it's just saying, hello, I have to go to bed right now, but just stopping in to say um, to say hi and hope you have a good great evening. The little things like that, of course, that just makes us want to give more to our community. And it's not just coming from myself, like all these codes. Um, takes it takes a village we say that over and over again with my league and power people of professors is that it takes a village and we all throw code cards at each other to make things happen Um, so it's not just Gumi Gumi as a face for you know yours truly it's there's so many professors that don't get the camera spotlight during covid but it, it takes a whole village and teams that i have standing and supporting behind me i just happen to be the one in front of the camera
0: Oh, so awesome. i would not I, be
2: able to do all of this without them
0: yep I, a very similar uh feeling and sentiment on this side um with I, i'm on the stream but i couldn't do this without chuck and, and and all the community members um in our local area so um yeah it's definitely it's never just the one person that you're seeing so um mm-hmm. that, that's awesome to hear for sure well
1: do you have any more on this because i was going to ask her a question no Slide go for it chuck it because I, I was watching your streams this week, and I, I really like the fact that you do art streams.
2: Oh, thank um, you.
1: Doing, doing Pokemon art. Um, I was just wondering if you had, outside of Pokemon, just an art background in general.
2: Yeah, thank you for asking, actually. Um, I'm a fourth generation artist. My great grandmother, uh, Japanese side of family, uh, she would um, make yukatas and kimonos. Um, so different type of art um, Then my grandmother does a bunch of parchment artwork, she can also sew. amazing cook cooking is definitely an art. Um, and then my mother's an amazing artist and amazing cook as well. Um, she's got interior design background can do logos and I've always been um, somebody who's been able to watch other people and learn from that. And so being surrounded by so many fantastic artists and the supportive love of, yeah, express yourself or even necessarily express yourself, but make, make a simple card for somebody, let them know you're thinking about them. Um, so it's always been a part of my life. I went to an arts academy for seven years um, instead of a regular middle school or high school um and that really helped emphasize my love for it even more but ever since I was little I wanted to be either the yellow power ranger or a comic artist so um (laughs) so with that (laughs) thank you so with that honestly just art has always been a part of my life and so be able to share my love of Pokemon and art together and also on top of that give back to the community like I'm always trying to do um recently it's been my regular Monday night thing to make mini art um, of any Pokemon of any trainer's choice. So long as they win their chance at the raffle, completely randomized and each little mini art takes me about 20 to 30 minutes to complete. And I mail it to you. No worry about paying for postage on it, even if you're across the world. And I think it's just really nice to be able to share the love and say, you know, thank you for your continued support.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, I I enjoyed them. I know I saw it was in, uh, my, I might not have been the last one but uh i know nick would have been excited yes. <laughs> to see the swampert one you did not too oh long oh my ago. goodness
2: that's,
1: yeah, his, a huge that's swampert. his pokemon <laughs> the
2: swampert on the beach uh, yeah
1: he yeah really excited uh, <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna throw a little left turn why yellow ranger
2: why the yellow ranger <laughs> um so think
1: any color, but it had to be yellow?
2: It had to be yellow. Um, reason being with the Yellow Ranger, um, I grew up as a huge tomboy and I'm also really big on the LGBTQ community. And mm-hmm. the Yellow Ranger was either a male or female. It wasn't always pink Ranger has to, be, has to be female. Red Ranger has to be male. Yellow Ranger could go either way. And on top of that, um, in Japan, the Yellow Ranger was known as the Curry Ranger because they're always shown eating curry. And curry is my all-time favorite food. So oh, being wow. an absolute tomboy and loving curry, and on top of that, also my favorite color is yellow, um, okay. it, it was just a trifecta to be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that's a great answer. Uh, we're really into depth there for sure.
1: <laughs> um, um, I mean, that you summed up a lot of the art discussion that I kind of had answering questions that I had over here by just going So um, I really appreciate it. And I think you do great art. So I I think. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to need to uh, get into that raffle
0: so uh, you can get a Dragapult uh, drawn up there (laughs) (laughs) because Dragapult (laughs) is definitely my all-time favorite for sure.
2: I look forward to having both of you around.
0: Very cool. So uh, definitely. um, Yeah, I think that's going to basically do it for us. Um, Before we let you go, do you have any shout outs or plugs that you want to throw out there?
2: Yeah. So I've got, um, a tournament coming up at the end of the month, actually, if any of you trainers are interested, um, the voted format this month is Popper. So Commons and Uncommon Pokemon cards only. That reaches out to your trainers and energies as well. That's going to be on the 29th of May and if you don't happen to see that one, we're likely going to have one at the end of June as well. So probably looking at the last weekend, probably the 26th. Um, and we're always excited to look forward to having more trainers at the Oregon Pokemon. And you can always go to OregonPokemon.com for more info on that as well. Um, but honestly, I love being able to share my love of Pokemon, love of art and watch this community grow So I definitely wouldn't be here without my power people. So big shout out to that whole crew, not just Mama June and Mr. Raichu. Um, I definitely would not be here and as strong as a trainer or professor without them. Um, But outside of just the Pokemon community, big shout out to Mama Gudra, my mother, who is a big time fan of anything otaku, anything nerdy. Mm -hmm. And she's definitely driven my love of food and art and Pokemon. So big shout out to her as well. Very
0: awesome. Well, thank you again for coming on. And for everybody uh, that is stuck around, definitely give her, um, you know, a follow on Twitch and, and check out that stream. It's, it's very entertaining and I couldn't recommend it more.
2: Thank you so much.
0: All right. Well, that's going to do it. So thank you again. And we'll see you guys on the next one. Thank you. Have a good one.
1: Bye. Bye. What's up, everyone? It is Nick, the Duke of Hobbies, here. <laughs> so I appreciate everyone uh, for listening to the, today's episode. And uh, thank you, Jake, and also Chuck. And more importantly, thank you, Megumi, for coming on for the Triple P podcast. Um, if, if you guys want to find us again, we are on all the major platforms. And uh, all the links and shout-outs that she described will be in the show notes down below. Hey, I look forward to seeing you guys in the future and being on later on. So thank you once again and see you next time.